0: Welcome to Legend Lore, brought to you by Strange New Worlds Productions. Tonight, we're going to be talking about some multiclassing, which we kind of mentioned in previous episodes. Uh, I am Dungeon Master Mike, and to my left is...
1: Well, howdy, everyone. My name is Dungeon Master Rockfist. (laughs) (laughs) And next
0: to him is... This is Cody. (laughs) And up uh,
2: last, we have... uh... DM Osborne, uh, Matt, Matt Smith couldn't make it out tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, actually, that was uh, Dungeon Master Popatine, Matt, uh, in case you can't tell that uh, uh, John's not with us tonight. I'm DM? sure nobody could tell. No, 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 you, no, you sounded exactly like yeah. him. That's the weird thing. See, I don't think, you know, they always talk about how your voice doesn't sound the same when you're listening to in playback. I think John's going to now realize what his voice sounds like. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he
2: hasn't yet already
3: realized right. I had, I had to do a double take because I thought it was John that was missing. And then I heard his voice. I was like, wait a minute. What's going on here? yippee yay uh,
1: I mean, I just, I missed my calling guys. I should have been an impersonator. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We're going to we'll, we'll take turns. and You can like do each of our voices.
1: Oh, oh, <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> uh, I'm not, I haven't prepared uh, okay. For, okay. for that. I got to get on material mirror. for it. Yeah. No, you know, I got to stay in the mirror, kind of talk for a long time. It could take, it takes some time.
0: Right. So, uh, we did uh, a couple of episodes ago. We talked about character creation quite in depth and got into a lot of things, and multiclassing came up multiple times. Um, but we realized that that is a thing in, on its own because you're not multiclassing at first level, anyways. We're beginning to create a character. Uh, so, who wants to kick off the multiclassing discussion tonight?
1: Well, I mean, I guess. Take the I, stage. Take, take the, the stage, end. John. The, I mean,. Yeah. Matt. John Popatine Matt.
0: John Popatine Matt. Uh,
1: I mean, I guess, you know, I didn't really have, I guess, any topics for it. But, you know, just talking about multi-classing, I know me and Cody have multi-classed several times with our characters throughout. uh,
3: It's like eight out of ten characters that I make are (laughs) multi-classed in some fashion. Yeah. But, I I mean, I I never really do, like, the Warlock dip. I had a Paladin that could have easily been uh, the Hexblade dip if I wanted to. And you know, that's explain some of the ones you have done. Let's uh, see. So I did. I did a arcane trickster with battlemaster fighter. That was my first one. Diego, Diego, Cavalera mondego de la Vega Montoya. <laughs> and honestly, like w- looking back on it, that, cl- that he was pretty severely underpowered because of the way that I multiclassed him. Uh, I was making him out to be way too much of a fightery kind of guy, so that all of his spellcasting was just super underwhelming. I've done Sorcerer Paladin for a couple of one-shots with um, my brother and and that group over there. Uh, My Druid was not a multi-class. Why can I not think of my multi-classes right now? Well, I've made like 50 different characters on D&D Beyond, and the vast majority of them are multi-classed. My favorite being the uh, Bladesinger Wizard. It was 11 levels, and then I put the rest of them into Champion Fighter. And it was awesome looking, at least on paper-wise, because I had the Enhanced Critical, I had the Action Surge, the Second Wind, the Indomitable, and then I had Tensor's Transformation. So my mostly wizard character was just like a force to be reckoned with <laughs> on paper because of the, the amount of damage he could do and the movement speed that he had and the, the concentration checks that he would have on top of that. And I, it was awesome looking. Yeah. I never got to play it. Yeah,
0: so I think we can kind of get into some of the bills that you guys like. Um, so one of the things, and I, I looked up some stuff because I was trying to remember. I've never multiclassed a lot; just never been my thing. And I was looking at, uh, I was thinking about how it was in second edition. So then I, I, I thought, well, I don't remember it in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons because I didn't play enough Advanced Dungeons and Dragons because I'm so young. So I looked it up, and apparently in the first editions, like the the original D and D. Uh, the only one who could multiclass was an elf. Oh, yeah, because it was a
2: class back then, too, Because it was a class back then, yeah. yeah.
0: And so you could basically uh, you could multiclass, I guess, as an elf into like a magic user or a fighting fighting man or a thief, basically. And then Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, then I did remember this once I read it, they had dual classing and multiclassing. So the dual classing was basically very weird. So At one point, if you decide that you want to dual class, you start over from first level, and then as you work your way back up to the level you were when you started dual classing, then you regained all those dual class features. So you lost all the features of your first class to Mm. learn the new stuff. Yeah, like it's stupid. Like you, like you couldn't remember how to do this. Like how? Oh, and then suddenly it hits you. Like when you reach that level again, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember.
1: That's it, kind of really cool, though. I like that concept, but I don't like losing everything. Like, yeah. I would say, like, you sacrifice... I mean, it'd have to be a specific, kit. I guess, a specific kit, because you'd have to, like... If you're a sorcerer, you could totally, like, maybe you're sacrificing all of your power. Right. And, like, like I guess you think about it, like, with Doctor Strange, where there's some people who... And that's... I'm talking about the movie, Doctor Strange. <laughs> right. Not the comics, because there's a difference. But, but you, they use their power to, like... They, I was one guy uses his power so he can walk now. Oh, yeah. So, like, maybe you're using all of your power so you can be a better thief, Mm. And then that goes in. I mean, it would yeah, be it's a very specific. specific, very it specific. specific yeah. It
3: feels kind of like an MMO in a way to me is like, yeah, you like respect. Yeah. You're respecting yourself. Um, or, you know, let's say you're a character and you've got some kind of magical aptitude. And then somewhere in the middle of your character progression, you're just like, I want to be a little bit more sword and spell, like sword and right. shield kind of thing with my spells attached to me. So I spend the next week or a month or however long just doing sword and board techniques, fighting boars in the forest, trying to yeah. level up my sword shield attack combos. And then uh, when I'm satisfied with my level in sword fighting, now I'm a sword spell slinger kind of guy. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. So it's and then they did have the they, they had split in, in A, D, and D. It was dual classing, you could choose that or you could multi-class. And what you did with that was uh, you split the experience between mm-hmm. the two classes mm. you're going to be. And as you know, like the old school system of, of going up took forever because yeah. okay. everybody's advancing at different rates anyway. So then if you're choosing to multi-class, you're kind of screwing yourself because you were, your party's going to raise up so fat, much faster than you are.
2: The one thing that would counter that when you would be multi-classing then is when you do level up, you get two sets of yeah. s- abilities. So it's, yeah. kind, I mean, that's kind of a, it's not a good way to do it, but it, they didn't make that balanced where the dual classing
0: is a very, very strange way to try and balance out two sets of abilities. And I didn't play enough of a third or fourth edition to really know crap about how they did multiclassing because I just, it was so, it just, it just, I was so disappointed in those versions. So, which, you know, of course, obviously brings us up to now where I think with fifth edition, it's easier to multiclass than ever before. And I'd say it's too easy. And I, and I have to say, with two, yeah, and I agree with you. I think it's a little too easy. So I want to, first of all, let's, I want to dig down into, you two are the ones at the table who love multiclassic. Yes. I just multiclassed Chauvin and Lich War for the first, when we returned for, to, to Lich War, just took a couple levels in Evocation Wizard so that I could, you know, shape my spells and do things like that because you guys were always running in front of me before I launched Fireball. So as the two at the table, all, all our tables, who really dig multiclassing, what is it about multiclassing that you dig? And what, 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 what gets you excited about it? And why, why is it something you always want to do?
1: I mean, I guess when you look at me, it's just I'm always I'm always you know a warlock, so <laughs> <laughs> I've always got to go that way. No, uh, what I mean, what excites me is that I mean, I I'm a very um, not multi not multifaceted. I'm trying to think about like I'm very scatterbrained when it comes to playing video games. When it comes to playing role playing, it comes, and I like uh, playing. I like playing a class. Like I'll pick a character and I'll love playing it for a long time. But then there'll be that thing of like. It's kind of like getting it's kind of getting the same thing over and over again, mechanics wise. Like as a role playing wise, I feel like I can do whatever I need to do, but mechanic wise, it kind of just seems like I'm doing the same thing over and over again. I really want to play like and then I'm like reading about this class or reading about that. And I'm like, I would really like to dip into that and then have another mechanic I can, you know, fill into the game.
2: Do you go for synergy when you look for a class or do you just find what interests you to multi-class into?
1: I think that most of my multi-classing has been synergy i don't know if it's been a situation where i mean i've tried to make it i don't want it to be like oh i'm a barbarian and now i'm a wizard like as well because i don't feel like that would fit into the narrative and i know yeah. we've talked about that we play a very narrative games and i like to try and fit that in uh as best i can so like with amity uh was a warlock in the beginning and then as i developed her over a couple of sessions i felt like she's kind of very i mean she's charismatic and so i was like she's kind of like a little bit of a bard and so then i was like all right i'm gonna pick up a loot start learning the loot and then i started developing into bard um so i felt that, that was more thematic and then you know there's situations where i'm playing a, uh i'm trying to think all that i'm trying to think if i ever played a character where i wasn't a warlock first <laughs> because there's definitely <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. been there's definitely been situations where that's happened uh, yeah. and i dip into that for like mechanics uh, well, it would be uh so,
2: reginald was a fighter who that's true yeah. yeah he was better yeah. a a first so,
0: so so you're looking more for the things that interest you and more about the things that seem to work together as far as the the narrative but so you're not really focused on like i want a multi-class to kind of really max my guy out
1: yeah i mean there okay. there are the situations where i think about that i know cody had we both probably have like fifty characters in our D Beyond <laughs> app that we're just like, oh my gosh, this would be cool. This would be cool. But there's situations like if a character dies, you know, and I was coming in, then I would totally multiclass my character. Right. I just I feel like multiclassing is is it's just so unique. And I do feel like there are drawbacks to it, especially if you're starting to multiclass in a campaign, because you can't just say, Oh, I'm a barbarian, I can go into wizard now. So you have to have a certain intelligence score to go into wizard okay
0: let's let's get let's kind of pick that up again and when we're, when we're going to go way back to what keenan was uh first kind of talked about about uh maybe it being too easy to multiclass. but let's see if i want to cody i want to kind of hear what your thoughts
3: are and why multiclassing just really is, is something you'd love to do i just remembered another one of my multiclasses that i did <laughs> get to play a couple times and it's i i love this guy his name was onan and he was a tortle uh bear <laughs> barbarian uh, Oath of the Ancients Paladin and uh, a Fay Warlock. O-
0: Onan the Barbarian? Onan the Barbarian. Or, or the Barbarian.
3: Bear, yeah, Onan the Barbarian. He, he was a total <laughs> man I love this dude. So he was like Onan, what is best in life. Yeah, exactly. So like I love this guy. He was uh he was a tortle, he was a barbarian. That was his original uh class, and his forest got wiped out and he swore an oath to uh, protect the forest from for forevermore after that. And then Faye came in and you know, gave him a deal, or I don't know what his backstory was, but this guy was awesome because I could rage and then I could do uh, smite damage on top of my rages. I had warlock spell slots to do more smite damages on, <laughs> uh, on a short rest, and then I could do spells. And there was one part where we were fighting and the, the moon was, like, enormous ne- right next to the battlefield. So I canceled my rage, and I was like, that's the moon, right? And the DM's like, yeah, that's the, that's the moon right there. I'm like, okay, I'm going to cancel my rage. I'm going to cast Moonbeam because the Fae uh, Warlock had that. And the guy's like, yeah, that works really, really well. Like, you you Moonbeam the fuck out of these guys. <laughs> and and uh, so I just, I like the versatility right. of multiclassing, and that's what really kind of gets me going for it. So, so, I, so it's
0: mostly just versatility for you.
3: Well, no, it's I, I see my characters' progression in their personal story arc, their development as a character. I see that through uh, classes, okay, through multi-classing. Yeah, okay, makes so, sense. So, uh, yeah, uh, my my character Diego, he was a rogue, but as we started advancing ourselves, he was doing a lot of melee combat. So I put him into fighter, and then I leveled up his fighter stuff. And then he started doing more rogue stuff, and so I started progressing him further and further and further and further into rogue. Um, my fighter numlock. He started off as a fighter, but he played hyper aggressively. So then I, when we brought those characters back after their hiatus, I put I think three levels into uh, berserker barbarian for him. Okay. So. Yeah, that sounds. That's kind yeah, of That, pretty makes pretty sense. Cool. that very logical. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think I think you guys definitely. Because you are kind of a little more of our, we'll say it again, rules lawyers at the table. Well, you particular, Cody, wow. that you guys do put a lot of thought into how your multi-class is going to work. And you really do a lot of research into that stuff where I know like some of us, like I tend to like kind of just come up with my character concept first and then like, oh, okay, what's going to fit that and do, and do that. And then I, I'm, I've been limited on what I played. Like I played a cleric so far, I played a sorcerer so far. Uh, you know, played a rogue kind of thing. I haven't really branched out too far into, like, I haven't even played a warlock yet. You always talk about playing a bruiser. I always talk about playing a bruiser, and I didn't really do it until we started playing Singularity, and that's not even true d d it's sci-fi d but, but yeah. that was the first time I actually played a bruiser. But um, So to go back to, you know, Kenan's point about maybe it being too easy, I do kind of agree with that. I think I think it might be too easy. I think, here's, here's what I was, when I ponder classing is what is the thematic reason that you're going to be able to multiclass and how does that play out within the game or maybe off-session game and maybe in between campaigns, right? Because say you have, you know, you've taken, say you're like four levels, five levels up in fighter, And then you decide that you're going to then take a level, your next level, you're going to multiclass into uh, a, a rogue. So the question is, the, real, the realities of all the training that a fighter has to go to go through to get the skills he has. And then there's the realities of the training that all the training that the thief has to go to. To learn how to use lockpicks. To learn how to use uh, thieves can't. To learn. Somebody has to teach you these things. Instead of it, to me, instead of it just being a decision that this is what I'm going to do at this level. I'm going to multiclass into this. I think it needs to be baked into the game somewhere where story, story-wise. In, in a sensible manner and it could be like i said it could be between campaigns so that makes sense right you got some downtime so you're playing you're playing a campaign you're going to continue those characters in another campaign and then you just say well on, on my off time i then can train with these guys but i don't know what, what are your thoughts
2: no I, I completely agree with you so my the, the easiest one you can always do and it's, it's a total cop out is like sorcerer because it's like Something happened or we're getting strong enough now. I'm a higher level and like the magic unlocks my blood, right? But all the other classes have Like studious things to do like a fighter like you You shouldn't be able to just take a level and fighter granted the only Rules written by my understandings correct me rules lawyers is that um, it's basically just a stat requirement correct to be able to do it mm-hmm. So to me, that's what makes it too easy because just because you can pick up a sword You have absolutely no idea how to use it that takes years of training to be able to do that the athleticism uh tactics fighting styles all of that takes more than what would be just the experience progression so i would like to see something either mechanics or house rules that you have to put in the work for it it takes multiple sessions to actually acquire this so i know that we're coming up like we just turned level five going into level six i do think i want to take a level of fighter right I need to be making sure that every time I'm playing, I'm role-playing and maybe even doing in combat or skill checks things that are progressing me towards that. And it might even take a level or two worth of training sessions to acquire that skill. Mm-hmm. A wizard, you're not going to be able just to read a magic book and learn how to be a wizard. You have to learn all of the different somatic components. You have to be able to field the right amount
0: of uh, materials if you play that way.
2: Um, and, and, not, and someone to teach you like you Yeah, said.
0: you're not going to just pick up a, a spell book and start teaching yourself how exactly. to cast. Exactly,
2: And I think all of them are like that. So in Warlock too, I would, I think that thematically, I would like to see someone put in an entity that you have to encounter right. to offer you a pack. Not just one reaches out to you because you need to shoehorn that anywhere. But if you were to, I don't know, for story reasons, get involved with one and maybe then it offered you a pact. In the middle of uh, your campaign, that would be an awesome decision. Yeah. That you encounter it, it makes you a thing. A, and basically, mechanically, next level, you can choose to take the deal and get a level of warlock, I think, and then go on that progression chart. I like to see that stuff involved because, other words, just a stat requirement. Well, I'll just use my level up to put a plus two into intelligence, and oh, now I'm a wizard. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, oh, sorry, one second. Uh, I like the, you got got Cody fired up. I I, see it in his eyes. I see it in his eyes. I have opinions (laughs) You're wrong, but go ahead. I like some of the things you guys are saying. Uh, I do think a lot of what you're saying is very table specific, very party and DM specific kind of conversations that could be had or should be had, whatever you want to go about it. Um, with what you're saying about the stat requirement and you know, Oh, magically I'm just a fighter and now I know how to use long swords. Uh, I like to think of that part as just like how a wizard hits level five and they just randomly know third level spells. It's the, the way that, uh, and I like the way John uses this, is that everything in between those levels during your downtime, uh, during your long rests, the wizard is kind of studying those spells the entire time that this adventure is going on. And then you guys hit level five and the wizard opens up his book and he's trying to figure out these spells and it clicks. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's how this thing works, absolutely. And so I think it's the same thing with multi classing into fighter or barbarian or sorcerer wizard, whatever you you got the spellbook somewhere and you're trying to figure it out and, and and learn about how these things work and then you hit the the time to level up guys, and this you know maybe you're a sorcerer, and it's like, oh, now I know how to. Use the weave a little bit to work my magic instead of just waving my hands around and, and fire comes out of them. Uh, so I think I, I, I'm I would actually like the stat requirement. It's 13 for various things. Some some classes have two stat requirements of 13. Some classes yeah, only minimums. have one. I think it actually needs to be a little bit lower because it doesn't make you really all that much stronger. I think having it be 12 instead of 13 would be better because all you're really getting from multiclassing for the most part is just versatility and how to play your character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're getting like extra bonus actions, but it, it's seldom unless you're really hardcore power gaming. I, I don't think multiclassing really makes you insanely strong. Uh, yeah, that's that's I guess that's what I got. So I would reply, and I would say that I wait, think.
2: Wait, it's, wait, wait, you disagree? I do disagree. Well, we it's disagree. It's not really a disagreement. I see what you're saying. <laughs> um, I think that it's implied when you're a wizard for five levels that you are doing those things in your downtime. Mm-hmm. That's why I like to see or a or a uh, actual role playing of going out of your way to become a thing because it's not implied. The wizard now is taking up sword fighting. Like that's not implied through anything in their kit. Right. I would imagine a wizard to be constantly studying. So yeah, you do. It's not that you magically learn them. It is that you have been working on them, but unless you tell me as the DM that you're training sorting, uh, training with swords, excuse me. um, I have, I'm not. You're gonna be like, oh, I took a 11-5. I'm Like, no, you, no, you didn't. You never told me once. You didn't tell the party. You never did anything that you were training a sort. So it's not that you were doing it in the background. You have to. I want to see an effort made by the player to go towards that.
3: Mm-hmm. Sure. Instead of it being implied. Yeah. If and if you're the DM, you're perfectly within your rights to say that that's what you want to see. Um, I don't think that should be like a hardcore rule in the book, though. Yeah. I mean, I,
2: all book, all rules are breakable. So
1: it's true. I think in the book the way that they were teaming it they were trying to make it a difficult choice and that's why they did the 13 because 13 is like you have to that's put 3 points into well if you yeah 3 well, let me see you start it, if you do point by everything starts at 8 so you'd have to put 5 points into something right does it start at 8 or does it start at 10
3: uh, I don't know. Like we've never done point by, every, so I've never at, read it. Everything starts at eight. Yes. It gets more expensive as you progress. It'd be 13 is
1: just straight five points. I want to
3: say it's like nine, 10, 11 is just one point each. And I think when you go I to think 12. 12 and 13 are two. Uh, I think they're not two each. 13 is two points. I think
1: 13. So it's, it's going to, it takes you a lot of points yeah, if you're expensive. just starting out. Uh, and it also, the thing about that too is if you're going to multi class, let's say you're going to be a barbarian and a, um, so you throw three three levels into barbarian. That strength, you then want to do, you know, uh, intelligence based. But maybe you want to do something crazy where you're like, I have one where it's I have a druid and a barbarian. I'm doing that so I can wild, I can rage and then wild shape into a bear. And now I'm raging as a bear and I have a whole bunch of extra hit points that aren't actually mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to take 13 point or 13 in wisdom at least, and I also have to take 13 in strength. Mm-hmm. But since I want to try and get my character to be better, I don't want to take that strength because. I'm never going to be fighting outside of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, but you're taking a sacrifice to do something specific. That's, yeah. that's where the balance comes in. Because And uh, to address your other part, Cody, and what you were saying, that versatility is the value. It's not that you're OP, but the more you can do is power itself. Because if you can, you can fill multiple niches with one character, that saves an entire character slot worth of resources.
3: If you had an absurd amount of actions, sure, but 5th edition's action economy is so limited, no, yeah. not,
2: not in combat, but versatile, being able to address the their situation. situation. So, like, if you needed someone who can counterspell, that's huge. But also having someone who can soak HP and do deal uh, melee damage, you know what I mean? Those are—being able to fill both roles is, is powerful in itself, not without any extra attacks or anything. Just being able to fill two roles is massive.
1: True. Sure. Um, I will say, when I think when they wrote the book— they were thinking of the heroic movie characters, like yeah. think of like your your you have a, a the the trope of a sixteen year old kid who's never used a sword before in his life, and then yeah. the big old master comes along and is like, all right, I'm gonna teach you how to use a sword, and they train for like five days, and the, the kid can now fight like he can, he can't beat like the big bad he's, guy until he gets the, he's, yeah no kung fu exactly <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> he can't beat the big bad evil guy and like until he gets the very final end of the movie because mm-hmm. he's fought all these other little minions but he can fight the minions now mm-hmm. um so I think it's, I think that's what they were thinking of was like you know For you're sure. you're a, you're just a, the hero you're the story of the, the story of the hero you're the story of the hero story, you're hero. the story of the hero guys <laughs> Wow, can you see the story? Can buddy.
0: you say that with an Arkansas accent?
1: Yeah, the star. Well, I don't even know what that was. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> Im, improv tonight, <laughs> y'all. The story of the hero, man. <laughs> so so Come back now.
0: So John, when you're listening to this, we did tell you we were going to mess with you yep. a little bit. You should have okay. been here.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, fun fact is, multiclassing in the fifth edition book was the last thing that wizards put into the book. Like it oh almost, really? I yeah, didn't it was even know like that. A, it was like a last thought, like, "Oh my God, we forgot multiplugging." We forgot this, yeah. yeah. So
0: you doing? So probably they didn't really give it. It
3: wasn't too play-tested. much.
0: Uh, yeah, I was gonna say maybe they didn't give it even that much thought. Of be, besides, not even play testing. You know, wonder how much thought they did, or they just kind of looked at previous editions and said, "Okay, well, let's just
3: kind of do this." Mm-hmm. Yeah. That,
0: that's interesting. I never Where did you knew that. hear that, that.
3: from? read it on? There's a YouTuber, uh, Dungeon Coach, and oh, okay. he's become. He's only been around since like January of last year, 2020. And qu- easily my favorite YouTuber now. Wow. He's got such cool homebrew stuff. So you give him a couple of shout-outs, I think. Uh, this is probably like my fourth shout-out to the guy. He's, he referenced hey, that. He's got such cool material. Hey, that's good. Maybe
0: we need to let him know that you keep giving him shout-outs on our show, so he'll give us a shout-out in his. Yeah, if you're listening,
2: <laughs> uh, DM Coach, if you want to come on, do a call or a Zoom, we'd, we'd love to have you. We'd love oh, to yeah. pick your brain about a couple things. <laughs> you guys would have a lot of fun talking
3: to him. He's a cool guy. Yeah, uh, He did a couple things with... Um, another YouTuber called no Nat who does pathfinder second edition stuff. And they had a really fun thing where they talk about pathfinder second edition mechanics and how he could introduce them into fifth edition. Right. Cool. And that it was a cool crossover. video. Yeah. I yeah. really, really enjoyed it. But pathfinder second edition, I think has done multiclassing, right? Yeah. Because it's not just uh, fighter and druid and wizard. They've got other crazy kinds of multiclassing where it's like uh, sentinel or acrobat or detective, you know, these like completely just like, almost random titles like almost professions being worked in right yeah yeah that's a good way to think about it i wish i had the book with me because then i could look up more of them there's like 30 different little oh, multiclassing. Wow. they're called art like multi-classing archetypes kind yeah. of thing and it's a lot of them are just role play material mm-hmm. and none of them are insanely powerful you're just getting versatility out of your character really yeah, yeah. um so like uh if you wanted to multiclass into cleric for whatever reason your healing ability is not going to be anywhere near compared to just a cleric. Um, Another thing is that you're not, you're, you're progressing on the exact same uh, class. If you choose fighter, then you're leveling up from level one fighter to level 20 fighter, but everything is a feat. So you're just grabbing a cleric feat to get a simple cleric ability. And then as you progress farther, you can collect more cleric feats to add on. So correct
0: me if I'm wrong, um, but I do believe that, Right. So you're going to multiclass in 5e. And when you decide to take that first level and whatever it is, you're also going to get those you're going to get those skills?
3: Some multiclasses give you skills. Yeah. Uh, if you choose fighter, then you get <laughs> weapon proficiencies. <laughs> if you choose rogue, you get one. No, that's Yeah, bard. you get one. You get one skill. Oh, so okay. you only get like one extra
1: skill on top of that. Okay.
3: Uh, bard has like the um that that half proficiency skill thing. They'll
1: yep. get that at like I think level 3. So yeah. Yeah, you take one 3 two. levels
3: into bard, and then you can get half your proficiency onto non-proficient skills. If you take two levels in Rogue, you get expertise on two skills. So, right, right, But there's no... yeah, there's like... Here's a boatload of skills for you. It's not
0: like you're starting off... A, you, you're not like you're starting off a, first, a new character and you're like, oh, okay, now I'm going to get athletics, now I'm going to get this, now I'm going to get that. Okay, good. Nah. In uh, 5e? I, yeah. Yeah, no. I, I then, almost think that... Look, I almost think that I would include that in Multiclassic. I mean, if you're learning all these other things, I think that perhaps you should get that those skills too. Uh, like, uh,
3: I
2: feel like... Maybe like half I, a skill I, I kind of something. agree
3: with you in a way... I think you should just be getting skills automatically in five E. Mm. You know, so yeah, on
2: like an ability score improvement, you also get a new
3: skill. Yeah, right. Like the majority of the classes you only get two skills. And then yeah. your background gives you yeah, it's four two on skills, average. or it gives you a skill and then a the tool proficiency. So yeah. whatever. You're getting four skills at level one and that's all you that's get. All you ever unless have, you want to yeah. take a feat. And say, if you're not playing a game with feats, then you get four skills I the was entire game. Say, I
2: think it's because they thought feats were gonna be a lot more impactful, but feet. we talked about that like one of our First three sessions yes. is just feats just aren't as impactful as they thought they would be. Like some of them are some great, great. some I mean, I alert say, is like, oh, super is impactful. I mean, but it, alert yeah. would be a great way to like add perception right. or something to oh, your uh, yeah. or well, that's actually kind of an interesting,
0: interesting concept, dude. So uh, uh, tying in these additional skills with the feats you take, yeah, yeah I kind of like that. So, uh, and and that's kind of funny, and, and, and that's something we can uh, could even well, I guess we could just dovetail it into this conversation. Is like, I've always had an issue with the fact that you get so very few skills in 5e, and that's literally when we go play Hell Squad tomorrow, I, I think the average person starts out with six six skills. Sure. So, yeah. but,
1: I oh, understand. I was just going to say that I disagree with you No, well, you guys are an uh, average. You know what I'm saying. I'm sorry to disagree. I, I do apologize. We do disagree a lot with each other, but, you know, that's that's a part of life. That's what makes you us disagree, strong. You know and what? then you try and convince. I'm going to convince Keenan right now that you know he's wrong. You know what, Matt? You Come at me. Convince you know Ken what, Matt? I've He's had wrong. it with your attitude. Oh, I'm so, do you want me to go get John? Yeah, would you please? Oh, hey there, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> what is Matt doing something he shouldn't be doing?
2: You know, uh, you, you you threw down the gauntlet right there. You're going to change my opinion. I'm I'm the I'm that meme where I'm sitting behind the thing that says "change my
3: mind." Change my right now, now, bring it. Bring I'm probably not going to
1: change your mind, but I will say that <laughs>
3: almost. Keenan will change his own mind just to argue with you.
1: I I really feel that like 70% of those feats are not bad at all. Okay, I think a lot of, there's 30%, there's a couple of them are just like, but I would say a lot of them.
2: I wasn't saying that they were bad. I was saying that they weren't as impactful and they weren't as taken as often.
1: I feel like it depends on who your character is and it definitely depends on your setting. Uh, If you're like, say for instance, if you're doing, like there's one called Dungeon Delver, Mm -hmm. which does nothing for you if you're not in a, in a dungeon. Well, I mean, not in a dungeon, but you're not like doing dungeon crawls with like, you basically throw out a big old map and you're mm-hmm. going through dungeons and desks like that. Uh, cause it involves traps, it involves all kinds of stuff. It's like playing a ranger. Yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah, in a sense. Add travel mechanics. Yeah. Add travel mechanics and stuff like that. I think every feat has its purpose. It's just not every campaign will fit every feat. Sure. A
2: lot of them are more niche, and I, I yeah. will absolutely agree with that. No, they're not Ooh. necessarily bad. It's just they're not always, uh, a lot of them aren't worth taking in sure. what I would assume is a majority of campaigns.
3: Yeah. So here's an example of a feat that I don't think is really worth it. Anything it really
2: inspiring speech or whatever. It's uh, a,
3: that's a, that, yeah, there's a, that one's actually really one. good. Uh, Here, so it's, it's an athlete and I read the word athlete and it's mm-hmm. like, um, probably this is probably a significant feat. Mm-hmm. Well, you get to increase your strength or decks by one. Yeah. <laughs> Very strong. It can it's, round you up over. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. That's it it takes you from 19 to 20. Yeah, That's fine. Um, when you're prone, standing up only takes five feet of movement. Climbing doesn't cost extra movement and you can make a running long jump with five feet of running instead of ten feet of running. It's like it it yes, it has its uses. Mm -hmm.
1: But I would say for a more mechanically heaven heavy driven game, it would be a good feat. Yeah, it's a very positional game. You're gonna be climbing a lot, you're gonna be doing like jumping, like someone's like, Oh, I want a long jump, but then the DM's like, Oh, there's not ten feet of movement there, you can't long jump. I mean, in our games, I don't think we've ever had that situation where, you know, we're say we're gonna long jump and we just long jump. Like that's pretty much what we do. See,
3: if I was going to take this feat, I would love for a much more mechanically driven 5th edition. I would need a much, much more mechanically 5th edition, a mechanically driven 5th edition in order to get a feat like this.
2: Oh, yeah. Where, mm. To make where, it actually useful, like, worth worth taking that yeah. plus two or a better feat, alert. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, alert, uh, great weapon master. Uh, Elemental adept. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, I like the one that gives you meta magics now. That's a oh, great yeah. one. Uh,
1: there's one. There's one that gives you eldritch invocations. That's a really oh, good yeah, one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that too.
3: Now you can just magically see in the dark.
1: Well, it's. I mean, you're not mad. I mean, it's your your pay, patron's giving you that. It's
3: magic. Man. Not if you get the feet.
1: Yeah, but like your patron's just giving you extra powers. Mm.
3: But if if you get, I'm saying, if you get the feet. Oh, oh well, yeah. Now yeah. Now I had. Now I yeah. have devil sight. Oh yeah. And it's It's, it's super super strong. Oh, I would yeah. much rather take that one. I would take that one any day over this athlete feet. Yeah. Or like there's oh, another yeah. one. It's actor. Yeah. Nobody discussion. wants athlete speak. Uh, <laughs> it just I, gives you like extra
1: charisma stuff. Hold, hold on, let me. Yeah, actor is not great. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold, hold on. Hold hold on. Amity has actor, and it, it it actually works. It has worked, it has worked multiple very times well. when well, she is trying to portray somebody else. That's, yeah.
3: that's awesome. Yeah. We have very heavy role play centric yes. games.
1: It will only work in role playing games, pretty much.
3: Yeah. No, we we play for four hours. Well, three of those hours are just <laughs> role playing.
2: Right. You say that, but then the next session
3: is three hours of combat. That's <laughs> and true. I have a blast on those games too. Yeah. How useful is that actor feat during combat?
1: I mean. It could be. It could be. I mean, how, you, how wh- useful? What, if,
3: what if you were to like throw your voice?
1: Ooh. What if I just, what if I went behind a door that the, the big <laughs> bad guy was like, uh, he's like, I'm going to kill you all. And then I go behind the door. That's like behind the guy. And he's like, there's all his baddies are in there. And then I go in there and I, I take them all out. And then I come out as one of his baddies and go, I killed her. But it's me. And then he doesn't know. And then I get surprised. Ah, stab. I surprise him.
3: That sounds a lot longer than six seconds. Hey, it's. <laughs> you but I get a Cody, I'm glad <laughs> that you said that because that's fucking great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what if, you know, I could be an assassin? Who knows?
3: <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, like, with, with how frequently you get feats, <laughs> alert is. I mean, it's way more useful. I've never alert taken Alert super. either. Oh, like, you've really never good. taken it? I've it never had a character where I've taken useful. Alert.
2: Only once. I normally just take the plus two stat. Yeah, I try to max out my best stat, get the plus
0: one to damage, plus one to uh, yeah, I, AC
2: I, or dex or whatever. And
0: I normally, usually, I will take Alert as my only feat. Yeah. I mean, I think I've maybe taken f- another feat before. I don't even remember what it was. Because, as you said, I don't think they are as impactful as they thought it would
2: be. Yeah, I think they're, Yeah, there, there's also a very finite amount of them. I think yeah. there's 21 or 30... Between that, 20 and 30 in the They've book, added a lot more. That's They've true, added more. True, yeah, they have right. their supplemental so. for them, you're right. Which is
3: nice. Another feat, tough. Mm-hmm. You get 2 HP oh, toughness, yeah. uh, per level. it's pretty good. And that's super useful. Anybody would benefit from tough. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's basically a con bump. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like a con bump. You don't get bonuses to your concentration checks, no, so your con yeah, saves. What it does for your character. But yeah, you just get extra hit points times two times your level.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you always roll ones, Cody... You can always take the yeah. lucky feet. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> or play a divination Lu- wizard. Lucky is yeah. stupid strong.
1: Divination wizard halfling with, with lucky, lucky feet <laughs> right.
0: and alerts. You can't be surprised.
2: Oh my gosh, that's not bad.
0: But I always kind of—I don't know—I always kind of just favor taking the uh, and, uh, the plus two bump. So
1: I, mm-hmm.
3: well, I always yeah. multi class. So yeah, I get yeah. my stats to where I want them, and then I don't have the levels to get feats because right, I just yeah, multiclass right. into another level.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, so, I well, we, so we've so we actually talked about two subjects tonight. We, we got the feats and the multiclassing in one episode. Wow. Wow. Uh, So, is there any, like, we're kind of getting there, I think, towards the towards the end here. So, is there any closing thoughts as you guys have, might have as far as multiclassing is concerned? I don't know if we've solved anything tonight. I think we've put a lot out there. We really just kind of
2: bullshitted. Yeah, nice. I think,
0: well, I think we put a lot out there for people to think about. That's yeah. for sure.
2: We had two different sides of what we think.
0: What we think going on. So, I mean, as far as... A, multi-classing as far as me I'm I'm gonna stick to my guns on this one and you know me and you change, you know I'm very open about things but I'm gonna stick to my guns this, for this one I honestly really think it needs to be more thematic I just believe there has to be a reason for you to to be able to do this and it has to make sense within the narrative I just it just for me it just it's the only only way in my head even like as a player if I'm playing and I decide I'm gonna multi-class I'm gonna have to come up with a reason you know, no way it, way it, no way it happened. And I actually gave, when I went and took my levels of, of evocation wizard, John and I had a discussion. I said, well, hey, somewhere along the way, you know, that we're out of Barovia and we're traveling and we're hunting down Asher and killing any vampires we can find. Uh, since we are traveling a lot, I'm probably going to run into other wizards and I would like to basically train with one of them for a little while. And that's what I told him. I said, like, I want to train with the one of them for a little while so I could learn a couple levels of this. So uh, so that's that's my final thoughts of that. Same thing, I guess, with feats. I I definitely think there is room for improvement. Uh, But then also there's room for improvement as us as players Mm -hmm. to learn how to utilize these feats and maybe in ways that may not be – or ways that are out of the box, you know, like Matt was just saying. You know, something that's out of the box with a feat. And and, and hopefully the DM you're playing with has enough – gives you enough leeway to maybe give you a chance to do some of those things.
1: I would like to say – if you've never tried multi-classing and you're about to play a game, maybe you're going to play a game in the future. Maybe you're going to play a game tomorrow or next week, whenever. And you really want to try multi-classing. And you care, let's say your DM said, roll level three level character or third level characters. Give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really fun because not only do you get to play one class, you get to play two, technically, Yeah, uh, with the rules. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and and by the way, just just play a play a paladin and dip one level into warlock, and you'll be fine.
3: <laughs> you'll be fine. It's so much fun.
1: It's so great.
3: <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm I'm fine if you guys want to make multi classing like a thematic restriction onto the game. Uh, I wouldn't put that kind of rule into the rulebook, but I I do like the idea of let's say you at character creation we're making level one characters and like i think it'd be cool to give your players functionally two levels a, a level in two different classes you're still a level one character but like maybe like i'm a fighter and i've got all of the level one rogue abilities and that's all it is is that i just get like the lock picks and a sneak attack kind of thing and obviously it's a very strong fighter especially if it's a yeah. deck, if it's a deck-based fighter but Oh my God, it's D&D. Like, what does it really matter? (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's here to be homebrewed. Yeah. uh, yeah, Oh, yeah. The whole whole system is just made to homebrew and and customize it yourself. So, yeah, you're going to have a party of very strong people. But at the same time, let's say you're only working with three players in the DM. It'd be kind of cool to have. Yeah, that
0: could be, That could. you're
3: right, that could be very interesting if you're working with a very small set of players. Mm -hmm. And and right there, you've already got your thematic thing. You've got Mm -hmm. this person. They've made a character. I'm a fighter, but uh, I was raised in a holy temple. I've got the cleric spellcasting now. I I know how to heal people with my cleric knowledge, but uh, you know I've always been uh, taken in with sword fighting. I've always appreciated the the martial arts kind of style of sword fighting, and I would sneak off and learn how to you know parry and 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 block and things <laughs> like that with my shield. And but I was yeah there's 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 your background right and there's your your this person has an entire story around these two classes and as they progress higher and higher levels they can go into cleric and they go into go into fighter and you know they're still just like a level one level two level three but they just have more diversity on Mm. them you're not making them insanely strong you're just giving them instead of having to i swing my sword (laughs) i swing my sword twice now uh now they've got options am i going to attack or am i going to heal Am I going to run around and try to pickpocket somebody? You know, just more things to do that isn't just boatloads of damage dice.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I I think it's actually that's a really interesting idea. And it's something we may uh we may want to test out at the table someday.
1: Yeah. And for all your evil DMs out there, because mm-hmm. I know that DM Osborne is one. What? Make your character stronger so you can throw even stronger enemies at them. You <laughs> can't take my
2: quote, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, You know, I gotta, I gotta agree with Mike. Um, To me, it's always going to have to be thematic. I love high fantasy. I don't want my high fantasy to just be, well, just, it just happens because it's high fantasy. Like I do want that level of realism that makes it to me convincing uh, and why things have to progress logically. Um, I like your idea, Cody. I think you are trying to take the Pathfinder second thing you talked about and try to turn it into D and D by giving them like the two sets of classes almost. I think that the versatility is incredibly strong, and yeah, absolutely. If you want to have a super powerful game, um, do it. Have fun with all of this. And as far as feats go, uh, yeah, I think they. I think there's just could be more done with them. Um, I think that part of what we're talking about could actually go back into our background conversation and have mm-hmm. your background actually influence a lot more things than mm-hmm. the two skills it gives you. Um, and that would actually probably fix multi-classing and feats yeah. in a way um, or partially, but. Yeah, at the end of the day, have fun with it and uh, definitely try out multi-classing. I'm someone who should do more multi-classing. Yeah, I I agree. I
0: probably should do more multi-classing too as well, you know. Um, So I'm going to, I feel like because John's not here, that uh, I should tell a joke before we leave in honor of John. So, but first, before I do that. What are you
1: talking about? I'm right here, right? (laughs) right?
0: (laughs) But before I do that, uh, I just want to thank you guys for listening today. Uh, if you dig what you're hearing, please drop them drop by uh, SNWproductions.com and check out what we have there. Uh, if you want to help us keep this going, uh, please subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, we actually had recorded a bonus episode yesterday with our, our first-ever guest, and we're going to be releasing that first to our Patreons. And they're going to have a chance to get a get hold of that, listen to it, uh, before we release it on the regular podcast. Um, again, thanks for hanging with us. But uh, So, anyways, guys... Um, what does an ogre call a knight in armor? T- I don't know. Tin man? Tinned beef.
3: <laughs> Wait, I got one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got oh, one. man. Why, 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 it better than that, why is please. it important to have a bard and a rogue in a well balanced party? Why? Because you have to balance your pros and your cons. <laughs>
0: oh, my God. That was a John joke. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. One last one. One last one. Oh. One oh. last one. One last one.
1: Please don't unsubscribe don't, please don't because of these jokes. What
0: what does a dragon call a knight in armor?
3: I don't know. Tend
0: to roast.
3: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>